Welcome to this, the December edition of uh, the Top Shelf Tech Security Brief with um, ZX Security coming from the Instillery Security Intelligence. That's going to be a bit of a mouthful now. Um, so welcome once again to uh, Ian White from ZX Security. Ian, great to have you again. It's always hey, good to you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks um, good, man. Looking forward to the summer period. Oh, yeah. Tell me yeah. about it. <laughs> it's yeah. been manic these last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. So um, last session of the year, I thought we've uh, got a few bits and pieces to talk about today. Um, I wanted to just touch quickly on mandatory disclosure as that's some that's actually come through now. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on that? I know we've had a quick conversation about this in the past, but um, now that it's here, what, what, are, what are your thoughts around? Yeah, again, a kind of uh, a brief summary is I'm, I'm very happy it's finally happened and it's finally yeah. gotten to the stage in New Zealand that we're, we're finally have something that's putting companies in line. But um, I do still see it as um, kind of a stage one of stage 10. Um, mm. You know, $10,000 um, is a lot of money for some businesses, but for the big entities that potentially have targets on their backs, $10,000 is nothing. Um, no. So a lot of those people won't see that as a... Um, as an incentive to increase their security posture. Um, it's roughly the same price as getting, or probably less than getting security tested, mm. or some form of um, getting a managed service provider in to help with their security. So I think the, the balance needs to be increased um, substantially for it to actually have weight. Um, but again, first steps, it's great. Yeah, exactly, baby steps, right? Mm. How, do you, um, how do you see it panning out? Do you think there'll be you know, a couple of test cases to, to make a point that it's actually here now? Again, yeah, for first blood. I think I think there yeah. definitely will be a case of first blood, and it would be very good for it to be done in a light that it um, generates um, kind of good exposure, mm. um, but not in a heavily negative manner, just from an exposure point of view. Um, yeah. And whether that's um, Cert NZ or whoever may be in the privacy commissioner having good connections with um, with um, the audiences, like the newsrooms and everything like that, and getting it out there well, I think that would be a really good kind of PR piece to do. Yeah. And again, the end goal isn't to make heaps of coin. The end goal is to, to make New Zealand secure. Sure. Um, so they sure. could be doing it all within their power to do that successfully. Yeah. I noticed I was looking at the um, Cert NZ stats for Q3 yesterday. Um, and notice that there's, you know, there is a continual increase. You look going, I, I went back to, um, you know, sort of uh, 2018, 2019 to have a look. And, and there's a steady increase, you know, quarter on quarter. But there has been quite a big uplift this last month. I wonder if that's just because people are, you know, starting to get into the habit of um, reporting stuff or whether that's just because there's more stuff out that's going on out there. Oh, it's a good, it's a very good because, again, the correlation of, are people actually getting attacked more um, mm. or are people just saying, oh, crap, there's a thing now we can actually report to? Yeah. Because I think the privacy commissioner um, and that entity have done a good job at letting like New Zealand public that aren't in security that, hey, there is a there is an avenue you can, you can go down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I think that is getting better. Um, so I think that, in my opinion, again, who, who bloody knows? In my opinion, I think that's where more, the more numbers are coming from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, Next year we'll see it. Um, we'll see a big uplift as as more breaches get reported because they have to be. And then I'm, I, I guess you know after a I, I'm no statistician, but I guess after a few months or you know six months or whatever, you can start to see trends coming out of it. So be interesting. Exactly. And from New Zealand's point of view, like um, thus far, our uh, bar maybe NCSC and GCSB and some of the other intelligence agencies and and certain Z included in there. Like who really knows what our attack vectors are like. Yeah. For the, exactly. for the vast majority of New Zealand, because 
for the ones they know, they know, but that's a false narrative because yeah. a lot of people don't. They will go to companies like yourself or to ourselves and not go to the government agencies and let them know, hey, these are the type of people attacking us. Yeah. Uh, and like, and yeah. if you're um, critical infrastructure um, and GCSB or whomever gets involved, they're not going to know, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, to that point, I've, you know, of the sort of years that I've been working in this field, I did my first breach notification um, for a client this month. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's definitely changed things. So talking about breaches, I wanted to just touch on the um, FireEye breach that's all over the news just at the moment. Um, I'm, for those people who don't know what FireEye do, they're a, uh, they're a big um, sort of red teaming and security uh, threat intelligence type um, organization, do a lot of work for the American government. And uh, they just got breached and lost all of their um, all of their red teaming test tools. I'm intrigued to know what your thoughts on that are in terms of what the risks coming out of that might be. Yeah, it's interesting. So um, again, I had a good chat with one of the staff members before jumping on today just about their opinion from being mm-hmm. an actor red teamer and from having their discussions online with some of their mates that work in the States and work in the same arena as, as much as um, pretty similar to they effectively do what ZX Security do, but at a, at a much smaller level. Yeah, and we probably don't go into the threat intelligence as much as um, as FireEye would. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, from looking at the narrative on the news, um, hackers have gotten in and taken their tool set. Um, but again, one of the guys at ZX made a good point to me: if the hackers are good enough to get into FireEye, they don't really need their tool set. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Um, so one leads um, me to believe that. They're going in there to try and gain information about certain other nations, um, whether that's America or anyone else. I know the FBI mm-hmm. are involved uh, involved at the moment. Um, so yeah, my my, um, my conclusion on it from being very selfish in relation to ZX security is that it kind of it realizes how vulnerable you are as a pen testing consultancy. Yeah. That, you know, um, a lot of uh, organizations um, that deal in um, deal in security testing have a lot of clients that hold significantly significant data that mm. um, other nations or other people could use for their own benefit so it kind of says oh shit and now we're now we're not that we are a target because i don't think we are but you know people may look at us and assume that yeah and especially with the kind of work that you do you know you're you're identifying those weaknesses in people's uh infrastructures aren't you so you know that that kind of information could be very um very very valuable to some people yeah, and again kind of to, to bring back the false flag and it's not to push blame or point blame or anything but if, a, if an entity is to um attempt to attack static security which would definitely have a much higher um security posture than a number of other entities in new zealand there would be no reason to attack us yeah yeah it, it just doesn't make sense i think the other thing for me is just that it goes to show that you know no one's immune from this stuff so you get you get one of the you know highest profile security companies in the world you know they, they do all sorts of work for all sorts of governments and they are one of the biggest entities and well known for it exactly. yeah and and they're still they're still vulnerable so you know it just goes to show that just because you um just because you have the the sort of money and the resources there's always people out there with more money and more resources oh, that can I was reading yesterday i think it was yesterday about um the NCSC in the UK just um, discussing um, specific um, nation-state attackers um, targeting um, vaccine labs in the yeah. UK, trying to steal IP there. And one would assume that if you have the vaccine to coronavirus, you would have some shit hot security to make sure that people yeah, yeah. 
yeah people are getting in there you know it's it's pretty interesting and again pretty daunting that again you could have all the money in the world because i think the covid vaccine is one of those situations as money's not an issue just get it done yeah, yeah, yeah. Later. and security is definitely part of that mm -hmm. so if you have an unlimited budget people can still manage to get in yeah absolutely yeah uh, which yeah yeah so I'm um, talking about COVID. That's a great segue into into just having a bit of a roundup of uh, what's happened this year. I think you know it's been a, an extraordinary year. Um, I'm an so please don't. <laughs> you know, for lots of different reasons. Um, I think that, that there's a whole bunch of people who will be very glad to put 2020 behind them. What have been the sort of standout things for you this year, from a security yeah. perspective? It's, again, it's it, it's. It's not to speak on a positive note of what's happened this year, because obviously there's been a significant amount of negatives. But um, from a New Zealand security posture point of view, um, being being honest, uh, what I've seen is a, a huge acceleration in a number of our clients to um, become more secure. Um, yeah. And a lot of that was to do with their consultants or their team members or their staff working remotely. So a lot of VPNs that have never been reviewed and finally been reviewed. Um, yeah. I think a lot of budget that hadn't been put in security teams' pockets had finally put in their pockets. And so from a purely selfish point of view in relation to ZX security and the security posture of New Zealand, it's definitely taken a quantum leap in relation to um, where it was to where it's now going. Who knows what will happen in the future, whether, again, those security budgets will get pulled back into other areas in a couple of months. Yeah. I'm not sure. And we can only hope that those um, people in those roles are really genuinely sort of pushing security and saying that it's still relevant but um, that's the biggest thing that I've seen, to be honest, from um, from a security point of view. A number of our clients have definitely reached out and said, hey, you know, not that we were always a tick box organization, but we were always a tick box organization. Now mm -hmm. we're actually looking at getting better, um, yeah. which is great. You know, that's the end goal, right? And look, I think uh, we, we've seen similar things, really. You know, we had... Um when everyone went into lockdown initially, there was that massive you know, sort of mad panic to try and get people working remotely and people put in these hairy bit of string solutions. And then what we've seen over the last couple of months really is people coming back to that and saying, okay, we've, we, we sort of did what we needed to do, but now we need to do it properly. Mm -hmm. um, so we've definitely seen an uplift in security spend over the last, probably last quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. I think I hope that that carries on into, into, into next year. I think, um, you know, the regulatory changes will help to drive that as well. Um, you know, there's, there's now, the, the um, new privacy law and all the rest of it that's going to help to drive that. And, and as we spoke earlier in the year as well, we've also seen some of the big industry stakeholders get involved in that, like the, yeah. um, you know, the Reserve Bank coming forwards with their security guidelines. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's positive stuff, right? I think yeah. the other thing as well, we've, we've had a couple of big, um, you know, high profile issues this year as well. And... Yeah. You know, that helps to drive people, um, that old adage about not wasting a crisis, you know. So I think um, even though previously there was other incidents, whether you want to go all the way back to MSD a number of years ago and then all the way forward to today, um, I think the literacy of cybersecurity in New, in New Zealand has jumped. So previously, even with the kiosk event a number of years ago and a couple of other things, maybe last year with Treasury and all that, whether it was hacking or not, is relevant to the conversation of the general public understanding of cybersecurity literacy and understanding what the hell that means. And yeah. I guess because of the fluency within the news, um, a lot of people are finally getting to grips with, oh, this is a thing. And then uh, 
to conclude again where they're exacerbating the issue of COVID and everyone working from home saying, hey, is that secure? Oh yeah, that's a thing, I forgot about that. Like mm -hmm. things forward. Um, and I, I, just like you said, I, I hope that continues. Uh, I genuinely do. Um, but yeah, there's been, there's been a number of other things as well too, kind of look, looking kind of at t t 2020 and the year before, even in relation to ransomware, just discussing that for a minute, mm. um, their motives of how they get their um, ransoms to pay. Previously, it was, hey, we'll just lock your shit up and we'll never give it back. Now it's, we're giving you a deadline in two weeks. If you don't, we're going to publish all your data online. Yeah. And that's that's a huge um, change of um, how they incentivize people to pay. And yeah. um, what we've seen, um, to be honest, is prior uh, some of the organizations that we've been involved with that have been held for ransom, they would just stand up new environments or they would have incident response teams in trying to look at things and trying to triage and fix everything and all this stuff. But the, the fear of pushing their information online and the IP and intangible assets is a huge incentive for people mm -hmm. to pay. Um, it's, it's a genius move uh, from the yeah. right point of view, but it's a, it's a scary move from what the hell that means uh, going yeah. forward. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And the other thing that we've seen this year as well is a big ramp up in the sophistication of that kind of attack as well. So, you know, the, the sort of, um, you know, in the past it was all about just clicking on a link and accidentally downloading some uh, some ransomware that just does whatever it does on a couple of machines, whereas now we're seeing much more active attacks where it starts off with a uh, an actual account compromise and then people getting in, seeding ransomware, targeting specific servers, uh, and then triggering it to cause the sort of massive or the, the biggest impact that they can in the shortest space of time. So much more around kind of active attacks rather than just those passive um, bits of malware lying around. Yeah, yeah no, definitely for sure. Um, yeah, I agree that those are the exact kind of things that we've seen we've been dealing with as well too throughout the normal kind of pen testing stuff we do. Mm. We, uh, we would get at least one of those phone calls every two weeks on a Friday at 4 p.m. I got one last yeah, yeah. Friday at 4.30 and I explained to the woman, um, which was a, sh a shit situation, um, I was like, look, it's literally one of these situations and this poor woman run, ran a company with five staff and she had I think $40,000 taken um, from her. And I just said, look, whatever it is, we'll do it for free because this is just like, how, how are you going to survive otherwise? So um, yeah. luckily one of the guys at ZX managed to help her all night and get um, get everything fixed within our, um, our Microsoft um, um, our Office 365, fix everything up and get kick the bad guys out. And then um, she just played the waiting game with the banks, hoping that the money wasn't actually transferred out. Um, and luckily, she managed to get all her money back, which is a great win, which is a great story, you know? Yeah, but that's good. Really small people. Mm. So what about moving into next year then? What's your, um, <laughs> I hate playing the predictions game, yeah. but um, what's your predictions for next year? Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, I, um, from, a, from a high level point of view, from, again, a lot of it's recency bias and speaking to a number of people in the industry and what, what they think and kind of agreeing, I suppose, uh, the biggest thing that I would see next year in security as a whole, and it's not plugging anyone, would be Microsoft. Um, mm. I, whether I agree with them or disagree with them is not the part of the conversation, but I, I think they will invest a shitload of money from a marketing point of view in the next year or two yeah. for the stage that by the time their data center is up and running, wherever it is, I'm not sure, I don't even know if that's been announced yet, you may know, I've, I've no idea. Um, from speaking to a number of key people within government and in private, and the position they're going to try and get themselves in to be um, 
New Zealand's data um, storage, yeah. like dot com, like that or dot NZ, I suppose. Like I think that's one of the huge moves. And um, and again, when you look at a lot of Kiwi businesses, whether it be Catalyst or whomever that do um, do storage as well, um, instead of kicking up fusses and being angry about the situation, there needs to be a process of well, we need to innovate as quick as possible. And all these big in, um, businesses that are coming to New Zealand, we, we and best innovation is copy. What are they doing, and how can we copy it, and how can we stay relevant, and how yeah. can we push Kiwi owned because Kiwi owned is huge. Because New Zealand, uh, Microsoft have tapped into that, and whether it's around indigenous stuff or around Maori data sovereignty, they are playing that fiddle extremely well at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's whether it's positive or not is that's not my position to play in. Um, but I think they will play a really, really strong marketing presence in the next year or two to, to effectively try and wipe out the competition. And yeah. Whether Amazon or AWS, their approach is much more um, silent and like, oh, we've got big clients anyway, we don't need to say all this. I, I would personally see them shifting and trying to have a big presence as well too. Um, I would yeah. to see how they counter the, their main competitor in the market and then how the smaller once again, like Catalyst and the Kiwi owned ones, how they how they leverage their position, CCL, everyone like that to try and make mm-hmm. you to remain relevant and innovate um, would be uh, would be a huge thing, you know. Yeah. That's what I see um, from a security point of view. I think that's a really interesting space to watch, and I mean, you know, Microsoft already have a very strong footprint here in terms of the the sort of per capita uptake of Office three six five and all the rest of it. New Zealand's very much bought into the whole Microsoft thing anyway. So, yeah, I think that's um. That's going to be a real interesting space to watch. Um, just very quickly, because I'm conscious of time, but what do you see? We, we've been, um, for a number of years now, we've sort of heard that next year is going to bring much more um, advanced sort of uh, machine learning and AI type attacks. So, you know, the defenders are always, the, the blue teams have been leveraging machine learning for a while now. And, uh, you know, we keep getting these sort of stories around the um the bad guys getting hold of the technology and, and and using it is that something that you think is gonna start coming through we haven't really seen too much of that just yet but jeez that's a tough, it's a good question um and it's a terrible question at the same time but it, yeah. uh, it puts me in a position to give an answer like my answer to that, those kind of things would be like all this ml and ai for security like it's all great and relevant but a lot mm. of these certain businesses actually have the affordability or have the budgets to use it and for it to actually work for their benefit. And there's specific use cases where it works extremely well within a certain environments or certain businesses. Like I personally don't see it affecting the market for the next two or three years. Yeah. The option so slow and the budgets are so high. It's like when you bought a bloody plasma TV 20 years ago, it was like 10 grand. What does it mean? Like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the price of milk kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't see it affecting New Zealand within the next year or two for sure. And the, the easiest way to put it kind of, to give you an example of my opinion on New Zealand security posture as a whole, is I have a friend who runs a recruitment agency in Australia, and he's currently looking for a security consultant to be put into a bank, and right. employed as a software developer. And after three months, he's tasked with exfiltrating data out of that bank to see if it's noticed. Like that's the level that they're at, those yeah. banks in Australia. Um, and even though those banks own the majority of the banks in New Zealand, there's no way New Zealand security posture is at that level yet where a bank is going to employ someone to see if they're rogue. Yeah. That's that's sophisticated and that's secure. Um, mm. And I think we're definitely a couple of years behind that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
Cool. Well, you know, you can have a look in the future. It's always yeah. a. No, in two weeks, I get a job advert to hire someone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, look, it's been great talking to you again. It always is. Um, I hope you managed to get a well-earned break over Christmas. And oh, I will, mate. Don't you worry. I'll be sitting yeah. on the beach. I won't be checking the weather the next day like I do. <laughs> I just know it'll be good. Yeah. Cool. So we'll um, we'll pick up again in the new year. Have a have a fantastic uh, fantastic Easy, break. And um, thanks everyone for tuning in. And we'll see you in uh, January. <laughs>